Hi guys, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, it's a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, uh, where we try to become the best versions of our of ourselves as we can um, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, on this podcast, we have a few guests, uh, but before I let them introduce themselves to you guys, uh, just quickly, if you're new to the podcast, you can find it anywhere you can get your podcast um, on Spotify, um, on iTunes, on the podcast app on your iPhone. Uh, just look up when the scriptures become real and you'll be able to find all the audio um, and everything there. And also, if you like to see the video portion um, of the podcast, just look up when the scriptures become real on YouTube and you'll be able to hear the podcast, but also view uh, the video uh, portion as well, if that's what you desire. Um, also, um, we're on social media. You can find uh, it on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, on Instagram, just look up Jordan underscore Anthony uh, underscore Pew. And then you'll find um, the podcast there, information there, and also look up uh, just my name on Facebook. And then you'll also find uh, the podcast and then you can also talk and, and request and we can also study there through those avenues as well. Uh, so again, before we get into our topic for today, I want to uh, let the guys introduce themselves to you guys. So we'll start with a familiar face. We'll start with Caleb and then we'll go around to, uh, uh, to Cantrell and then we'll end with Ty. So Caleb, go on and introduce yourself to, uh, to everyone. I appreciate you, Jordan, for having me back on the show. I uh, really enjoyed um, doing these episodes with you. But again, my name is Caleb Rutherford. Uh, many of you know I'm the host of the Transform podcast. We are um, on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're also on all major um, podcast platforms. So uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, iTunes, iHeartRadio, everything like that. You can find us there. So hopefully you'll go check it out and that it will be beneficial to you. Um, I'm 23 years old, uh, 2017 graduate of the Memphis School of Preaching. Um, I actually just started a brand new work with the East Hill Church of Christ. I started, uh, I guess we moved down here last Thursday, so I guess we can say I started last Thursday. So I've been here for uh, a week today, actually, um, but I'm really thankful to be here. Uh, East Hill Church of Christ, you can find them. We are in Pulaski, Tennessee, about an hour south of Nashville and about 45 minutes north of Huntsville, Alabama. It's a very small town, um, but you can find us on the internet, eastchurchofchrist.org. You can find us on Facebook, um, and uh, we'd love to have you come visit. Uh, but I appreciate Jordan and for the invitation to be on the podcast again. Sure. Now, uh, now Cantrell. Again, uh, appreciate you guys um, inviting me. Um, Joshua Cantrell uh, from Columbus, Georgia, the Cedar Road Church of Christ. I've been here ooh, I think next month will be five years. Um, I grew up here, so this is my home congregation. Uh, so I guess I've been here 25 years my, my entire life. Uh, went to Memphis, uh, graduated 2015, got my bachelor's in uh, Bible last year. And, um, and, it's, and it's going great. Work is going great. Uh, happy, happy excited to be here with you guys today. All right, then, and with Ty. All right, I'm uh, Ty Church of Christ in Florence, Alabama. I don't podcast. I'm not as cool as these guys, but uh, I'm really honored to be on their podcast when they invite. I've been on both Caleb's and I guess now this one. So I'm really thankful for the invite and appreciate these guys and the good work that they do. Look forward to today's discussion. I'm glad to have these guys on. As I was, as I was studying for this topic, um, obviously, you know, there's, there's things that you can teach alone, which is great. Um, but as I was studying this topic. I was like, man, I need a squad. I need, I need some help. I need some help with this one. So I was like, let me get my guys uh, on here with me. And so what we want to do, I just kind of want to introduce uh, this podcast, but um, just to kind of give you a goal of where we want to go. Uh, the goal of this podcast, especially with this specific topic, 
<clears throat> the goal is not to be, not for us at least, um, to not be political. Um, our goal here is not to argue with one another or to argue with you on Facebook through threads or whatever. Um, it's also not to prove a point, right? But this, the, the goal of this podcast is uh, to do what the book of Isaiah says, for us to all open up the Bible, for you to open up the Bible with us, and let's reason together what the scripture says. And so that's the goal of this podcast. That's the goal of preaching. That's the goal of what we do, right? That's our, that's our job. So um, we're going to reason together uh, today how Christians, how Christians can learn the differences of our brethren while still being one in Christ, right? So learning to understand the differences of our brethren while still being one in Christ. Now, uh, I think it was 20, 2016, Caleb, I think, Ty, you were still there, too. Um, we were at the power lecture. You might have been there too, Kentra. I'm not sure. Um, but it was the power lectures in 2016. <clears throat> I'm not going to mention the preacher's name, but the preacher's a great man, right? Great man, great preacher. Um, he happened to be preaching on racism that day. He happened to be preaching on differences that day, prejudice among brethren. And so one thing that I written in my notes, he said, as Christians, we all need to be colorblind. As Christians, we all need to be colorblind and not see color which I understand the sentiment that the brother said. It's, it's great that we all should see each other as, as brethren, as equal. But when we look at the scripture, uh, we want to show that this is not the concept uh, that the Lord wants us to have because that shows some type of uh, ignorance to what some of our brethren have to deal with. I understand the sentiment of being colorblind, but that's kind of a, um, a scapegoat phrase so you don't have to under understand what some people really have to go through and so what we want to do today is we want to discuss uh, how to understand the differences of our brethren and so guys let's start off with this let's kind of build this foundation here um, and I'll start here uh, with Ty if, if you would like let's talk about how are we as brethren how does Christ call us to be one just kind of explain to us how we are one in Jesus Christ you know, I guess the first passage that comes to my mind is Galatians 3. I know there's several passages that talk about oneness in Christ and our relationship to each other. And Galatians 3 particularly comes to my mind beginning in verse number 26, uh, right around that area. It talks about that we are no longer bond or free or male or female, um, and, and we're no longer um, you know, we have no longer those divisions between us, but that we're one in Christ. And, and I guess when I read that passage, I understand, and we all understand that Paul's not saying that there's no such thing any longer as gender, or there's no such thing right. any longer as um, slaves or free men. There, he's not saying that those things don't exist, but I guess what I understand Paul to say is that those things don't define in Christ. Right. You know, that what it means is, I heard a preacher say one time, we all stand on equal ground at the foot of the cross. And, and, and I, I look around and I see that obviously there are some stark differences between the group that's here today. But there's also one thing that keeps us in common. And, and like you, I, I like that thought about this. Wes Hazel, I think, is who said this. He said, I'm tired of seeing white churches and black churches. Mm. I just want to see the day where we're all red churches washed in the blood. That's what oneness in Christ is, is that we all are washed in the blood. That's the, the one thing that ties us together is the blood. And Cantrell, I'll ask the same question. You kind of explain the oneness that we all have in Jesus Christ. You know, I remember one time I was um, 
I was preaching at a, you know, what we refer to as a, a, a predominantly black congregation. And I made a, and, and I made a comment, um, and the comment was more or less kind of along, uh, along the lines of what Ty just said. And I was like, you know, you know, when you look at it from, you know, sometimes you have preachers, we get up and say, oh, we're a black church and they're a white church. And I get what we're saying, but my thing is, you know, I was like, well, that's just wrong. And, mm-hmm. you know, walking out mm-hmm. the door, you know, black brethren was like, well, don't you say that is a difference? You know, they're the white, you know, we're the black, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a big difference between the two. But, you know, it's that same thinking that keeps us exactly where we are. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not making any right. progress on trying to come together, on trying to be together. And, and I get it, you know, you know, the whole slavery, the 60s, the 70s, you know, mm-hmm. I get all that stuff. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, our, our, my great, great parents, they had to endure that stuff. But, you know, here we are in 2020. Why not change the mold versus just being upset about something? And that's where you have congregation split. Yeah. Um, that's where you have, you know, I mean, I mean, the, I mean, the list is endless. You guys have seen it. And, and me, you know, just kind of, it, 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 it just bugs me, you know, because I really don't speak out about, you know, this, you know, this issue a lot. But, you know, just like when people say, well, you know, all white people are racist. And, and, and it just like, my, my best friend, he's white, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't even know we were different colors unless right. we were standing in front of you, you know. So, you know, stuff like that just. You know, it's really difficult for us to move forward if we're so bent on going backwards. Right. And then Caleb will end with you and then we'll keep going here. You know, I, th- I think about our Lord and Savior when he was here on this earth and how he walked this earth during his ministry. He preached um, to everyone and how his sacrifice was for everyone. It wasn't for his friends. It wasn't for people who were of his, his color. It wasn't for uh, the people that he called close to him. It, it wasn't that he discriminated against, you know, people of different color, people that he didn't like or people who mistreated him. His sacrifice was for every single person. I mean, and the, the verse is so we call it cliche, but John three sixteen, for God so loved you mm-hmm. world, everyone, red and yellow, black and white. Um, you know, you think about the, the, the children's song that we sing. And so I, I think when, I think we often fail to forget, we get into situations like this where there are there is division among things like color and race that we forget ultimately jesus christ died for every single person it doesn't matter what your background is or what color you are um that sacrifice was for you and when we i think when we when we fail to see people that way we're failing to see people the way jesus would see people and that is as a precious soul that he died for and i think in order for us to see people the right way we've got to try to put on you know i guess we could say the glasses of our savior and look at people with the mindset that that's a precious soul that god created and that his son died for and when we do that i think it'll make it so much easier for us to have that right attitude and mindset uh towards towards uh, other people and you can see and this is specifically why i wanted to get uh i call it the squad together because if you look you know you got myself you've got cantrell you've got caleb you've got um, Ty, you know, we're all different on the outside, but what brings us together? What brings us together is the scripture. What brings us together is exactly what Caleb talked about. Jesus Christ molds us. And now, you know, if you think about it, if the world would see this, like there's no way all four of them are, are almost best friends. There's no way. All right. You know what I'm saying? And like you mentioned, Kentrell, you know, you say, well, nobody thinks Ty and I would be best friends. Y'all are literally like brothers. But that's the, that's the thing that we need to get the church to understand is that, yes, Christ's sacrifice for us, John three sixteen as mentioned, is the most beautiful thing that has ever been done. We all are one in Christ. 
But when we walk out of those doors, what do people see? People see the outside. They don't see the oneness that we have, and they should see it. But what was the first thing that they see? Oh, well, they see a black dude hanging out with a white dude. Or they see a Korean dude hanging out with a black dude. See, that's what they see. And so as Christians, I understand the sentiment of being colorblind. I understand that. But we also need to be cognizant of we do need to understand, yes, we are one in Christ, but yes, we are different, right? right. And so I want to uh, lay this down as well. Let's go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 4 quickly. And again, with this podcast, we want you guys to follow along with us. You know, these are not our opinions. Uh, this is not, you know, what we think. We want you guys to look at these scriptures with us, right? So let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Now we need to understand. Now we are one in Christ, but we need to understand where we are. We are in the world. And so notice what Paul mentions here uh, to the church here. He says, in whom the God of this world. Now question, when it says little g God, is that referencing to the almighty God there? That's referencing Satan. So whom the God of this world, what has he done? What's the next thing say? He's blinded the men of this world. And so as Christians, guess what we can do? We can see beyond, but what can't the world see yet? They can't see beyond because Satan, the little G God of this world, has blinded the minds of those men. So they can't understand why the four of us are together, but we can understand that. Why? Because of the love of Christ, right? So as Christians, we must realize that some of our brethren face and deal with things that we don't, right? There's things that I face that Ty will never have to face. There's things that Caleb faces that Cantrell and I will never have to face. And so you think about, uh, I just talked to, uh, you guys remember uh, Manny, Manuel George? I just talked to him the other day. He said, Jordan, are you going to do a lesson on, on racism? I said, you know, I'll, I'll probably get one in. And he said, it's a little different where he is. Because he said there's still a caste system there. And so people that are Christians still live under the caste system. So the rich are over here, poor over here, different color over here, different color over here. And so, again, we need to understand we all are one in Christ, but also we are all different as well. You guys have anything else to say before we go on to the next point? Yeah, you talk about that one oneness, Jordan. Recently, we uh, did a study through numbers here at Chisholm Hills, and you get to numbers 12 where um, Aaron and and Miriam wouldn't speak to Moses because he married a Cushite woman. And, and, you know, they never come out and say that that's why they wouldn't speak to him. They make up excuses as to why they're mad at him. But really, we understand what the the point is. But I I like in numbers 9 is what really interests me. Uh, In numbers 9 and 14, um, it, it talks about the fact that, and this is before this happens, but what's pointed out is really interesting. And, and God is talking about the law there. And um, when he, he looks at Numbers 9, I guess the whole point is that there's a, a bunch of nations that would be brought together. And even though Israel was God's nation and that these promises were made to them, outsiders would be able to be benefits of God's law if they would submit to God's law. And so it wasn't that uh, the law was only meant for the Israelites. It was meant for everyone to be one if they would submit to God. And so I think that's extremely important when it's not black churches, it's not white churches, it's not black people, it's not white people. It's the church and its Mm -hmm. people who are together submitting. God from the beginning intended there to be one. 
that was from the beginning in the old law and the new law. It was not to be divided. And, 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 you know, we've talked about that as far as the idea of oneness, that's important for us to understand from the very beginning, God Mm -hmm. intended all people to flow into one place, all nations, all people. Caleb and Kentra, you got anything else before we go on? I think one of the, one of the things that a lot of this kind of stems from is, and obviously there are many, many reasons as to why you get to this, these points, but I think one of the reasons is, is has to do with, with selflessness and wanting things yeah. your way and you want to be able to see people this way and it doesn't matter what other people say. And a lot of it boils down to, and a lot of, honestly, a lot of sins in a sense boil down to this idea of self-will and wanting to do whatever it is that I want to do. Um, but you think about when you go back to the passage of Jordan that you mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you look at verse 5, uh, Paul says, for we do not preach ourselves, but who? Christ but Jesus. Christ. Everything we do in life should exemplify and, and profess Christ Jesus, our Lord. And it shouldn't have anything to do with ourselves. And so I think when we try, when we try to put those things away, we got to focus on Christ and make him the light of our lives and the master of our lives. And we submit ourselves to him, then he's going to have that influence on us and it'll help us push those things out of our minds. And so I think that's important mm-hmm. uh, to, make, to make sure that we know. Can't try you got anything else? You know, one of the things I've I've, I've run into uh, over the past few weeks, you know, you uh, you know, a lot has been going on in the news and mm-hmm. different things like that. And one of the things I see that really, you know, kind of bugs me is the fact that, you know, we we make Christianity a subtitle to everything else. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean by that is, you know, you have a lot of people who are they say, well, I'm black and and I'm proud, and next thing you know we emphasize that more than we emphasize Christ. You right. know, and next thing you know, you have people who are, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, you should be proud of your heritage. You should be proud of those things. But, you know, going back to what Ty said in Galatians 3, you know, like once we are in Christ, shouldn't the way we think transform too? Mm-hmm. I mean, shouldn't the way we look at things, shouldn't our perspective change as well and and don't give me i i get it you know i see and, and you guys see it too you know all the stuff on facebook all the news different mm-hmm. things like that but you know if, if we're trying to be christ-like and the only thing you, you know like some people you know only thing they comment about is their race and they right. never they never say anything about being a christian their christianity and it's like man like christianity is a subtitle to my blackness almost like exactly it shouldn't be that yeah. way you know like christ should be first and then everything else is after that, but right. we have it backwards, unfortunately. And, and that's a perfect switch to what we want to go to. Now, since we, we laid this foundation of we are one in Christ, but there are differences, now let's get into some, some practical problems where this actually happened in the church. So if you get, let's go to Acts chapter 2 and notice this. Remember, the church was established there in Acts chapter 2. And so you have... 3,000 souls were saved, and Peter preached that first sermon, right? And so my question is, when Peter preached that sermon in Acts chapter 2, how many nations were there? Oh, man. Think about that. How many nations, other than what Peter was, heard that sermon? Because remember, when the Holy Ghost came down with power, what were the other disciples able to do? They were to speak. Right, and other languages so that other people can understand the gospel. And so they weren't all the same race, were they, when they all obeyed the gospel? So here's a misconception of Acts chapter 2. When all those um, Christians or when all those people were baptized that day in Acts chapter 2, now just because we're Christians, we're all going to be treated the same. 
because we're Christians now. That's a misconception. Caleb, you know this guy, uh, Kendall Fox. We just had a preacher's meeting here uh, in the St. Louis area. And when he said this, I kind of was like, whoa, are you serious? But I had to look it up for myself. He said, um, dealing with the problem of, of, of prejudice among brethren, he said, did you know that Peter, when he preached the first sermon in Acts chapter 2, did you know Peter preached the sermon with a racist and prejudiced heart? I was like, what? I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? He said, remember, there were many people there, right? Many people obeyed the gospel. But Peter's heart was still prejudiced, and Peter's heart was still racist while he was still what? A Christian. Because what problem did Peter deal with in Acts chapter 10? Hmm. He didn't want to go to who? The Gentiles. Yeah, how but, guess who, but guess who preached the first sermon? The same dude. Yeah. And so here's the thing. We, Peter, at that time, Peter didn't understand God really does want everybody. And so people think we have to understand, we have to realize there are, there are differences. And so if you go to Acts chapter 10, you'll look at uh, Cornelius here, but notice what, what Peter says, and I'll pass it on to you guys here. Uh, Acts chapter 10, and then verse number, um, verse number 28, notice, notice what Peter says here. And he said unto them, you know, remember this is Peter talking here. You know that it is unlawful. It is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company with a man of another what? Of another nation. So what does Peter tell us of his heart there at the beginning of verse 28? I still didn't want to accept who? I didn't want to accept what God wanted. Even though I was preaching the first gospel sermon, even though I still didn't want to accept that. But what does he say at the end of that verse? But God showed me that I should not call any man common or any man unclean. And so this proved, this is just one example. I know you guys may have some other things to say here, but that's just one example of there were still problems among Christians who were supposed to be what? Who were supposed to be one. You guys have anything? So, you know, at that part, you know, in, in my mind, what you see is, you know, the gospel the mission of saving souls is far more important than seeing color. Exactly. You know, being, you know, again, the four of us completely different, completely different backgrounds, yet we're all here because of one message, because of the gospel. And I mean, just imagine if, you know, the Gentiles had not come over, then none of us would be here, mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, it just shows you that, you know, the gospel is, is so much bigger than the things we allow to come between us sometimes. Ty or Caleb, you, have, you guys have anything? I think you hit the nail on the head, man. And so notice here's a notice this practical example here. All right, so let's say all of us are a part of the Antioch Church of Christ back in the day, in the first century, right? So you got me, Cantrell, Caleb, and Ty. So we're part of this congregation. We all obey the gospel, but we're all different. And so let's say that Caleb and Ty were Jewish Christians, and let's say Cantrell and I were Gentile Christians. We understand, the four of us, we understand we're one in Christ, right? But when I walk out the door as a Gentile, and when Cantrell walks out the door as a Gentile, how does the world see me? How does the world see Cantrell? 
how did the Jews view the Gentiles? Oh, like, like trash, like trash, right? Like dogs. And so we walk out and people still hate us, but we're just like y'all now though. Right. We're still Christians. See, and that's the problem that they didn't understand then. And that's the problem. I don't think we understand now because to say, well, we all should be colorblind is pleading ignorance. It's, it's saying that when we walk out the door, the world's going to see us the same. It's not true. And so you all, as Jewish brethren, guess how you should treat us as brethren that may have to face things that you never have to face in 10 lifetimes. You should understand that and you should be cognizant of, okay. And now do you understand why now in Ephesians and in Corinthians and in first and second Peter, when they talk about love one another or in Philippians, prefer one another, serve one another. Because what problems were still existing among them being one, there were still these racial problems. And so he's saying, look, y'all need to still be one, even though you all are different when you walk out of these four doors. And so look at this. If you go to Acts chapter 11, remember we just mentioned Peter and Cornelius there. Now we also know that the church still had this problem. Look at Acts chapter 11 and verse, uh, starting verse number one. Notice what the text says. Now remember, he just got done baptizing Cornelius. And so now look what happens. Now he goes back to those apostles. And the apostles and the brethren which were in Judea heard that the Gentiles received the word of God. So you think the apostles and the brethren were happy that the Gentiles received the word of God? Notice what the text says. And when Peter, verse 2, was come up to Jerusalem, they were of the circumcision we're happy with them that the Gentiles were baptized. It said that they contended. So guess what the church in Acts chapter 2 still had? Racism problems, even though they were all what? Supposed to be one in Christ. And so he said, if you drop down to verse, um, to verse number 17, notice what Peter says here to those brethren. He says, for as much as God gave them the gift, as he did to us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, what or who was I that I should withstand who? So you know that when you and I, if I can't accept Ty because he's white, if I can't accept Caleb because he's Korean, guess who I'm withstanding? Even though I'm a Christian, I'm still withstanding God because I'm breaking what he wanted, which he wants all of us to be one. And Peter had to learn this lesson. And so if you go to verse number 18, he says, and when they heard these things, they held their peace and they glorified God, saying that God hath also granted to the Gentiles repentance and life. And so again, again, we need to understand, yes, we all are one, but we all still are learning how to become what? How to become one. You guys have anything? Yeah. I'm thinking about this this point you're making about um, the differences and trying to understand the differences between us. And, you know, I, I get those statements, like you say, about trying to see everyone as the same. And no matter how hard we try to do that, things are always going to be different. I get that. Maybe it's hard for me to understand it completely because I've not been where you are, quite frankly. But when I, I think about those differences, what I think the problem is, and I'm not an expert by any means, but what I think the problem is and what I've seen in my own life is there's two schools of thought. Number one, we think maybe white people think that 
this isn't actually a problem anymore. That racism isn't a problem anymore. Um, and maybe it's because we don't want to believe that it is. And so we just say, okay, it doesn't exist. And then number two, there's the people who, what I've come to see is that they always think that the other people are the problem. Mm. And, and yeah. I'm not saying just white people do that either. Uh, yeah. People of other races, it's always the other person's problem. And I feel like I see that right there with Peter. Mm-hmm. Peter look how he refers to him in verse 17. If God gave them Damn. the same <laughs> gift, you know, right. and, and you see that a lot of times in the New Testament church when you've got differences between Jews and Gentiles or Jews and Samaritans or, you know, whatever nation or specific nation it was, it's always they and them rather than we and us. They're mm-hmm. the church here. And, and I think that the root of the problem is what uh, either Caleb or Josh mentioned earlier about selfishness, about, you know, it's always the other person. And I right. feel like if I could get to a point where I just value souls more than my own ethnicity, Josh mentioned right. that, you know, try my best to not allow differences to become points of conflict, but rather try to understand, I guess, where they come. Not that I, I could, not that I could ever walk a mile in your shoes, but I would sure try. If I could, you know, uh, become genuinely interested in people, I think would be a huge step in the right direction Mm. to solving or at least understanding those problems is to realize that the problem is not always with other people. 99% of the problem or time it's with me. Caleb or Cantrell, you got something? We've got to swallow our pride and just take take a step back and look at other people and think, They've got problems and issues too, as much as, you know, as things that I go through too, yes. But there are things that people go through that are far worse than what I have to go through and things that I will never understand. Well, like I said, things that we can try to understand and we can attempt to get to that point. And we can talk to these people and say, how can, help me understand where you're at. Help me become better so that I can treat people better. And, and you know, and I just think it's so important that we, that we make sure we stay humble and that we swallow that pride. Um, put to death that selfishness that we have um, to try to see other people. Um, honestly, the way that God sees people as, as again, like a soul that Jesus has died for um, to see someone, see, see the value and significance of someone to be able to look past the color of their skin and to see that precious soul that God created. I think it's, I think it's just oh, yeah. a, a huge thing, like to make sure that we, are not constantly saying that it's the other people's problem. You know, like it's just, it's always easy to say, well, it's because the blacks Mm -hmm. do this or they've always done this. Well, why not take some ownership? Like Caleb said, why not take a a dose of, of humility and say, okay, where have I gone wrong in in, uh, not understanding or not being sympathetic or not trying that that's huge. And I've, I'm trying my best to, to learn that you you go back to the garden of Eden um, at the beginning of time um, when God confronted Adam and Eve about eating the fruit what did he say what he asked about it and what did what did uh, what did Adam say well Eve gave me the Eve did it right well serpent the serpent told me to eat it Uh, but when he said we need to be like people like David and and um, when Nathan came to him and talked to him about how he committed fornication or adultery with Bathsheba and then how he killed Uriah the Hittite um, he said thou art the man and essentially David said I am the man. I am. Mm-hmm. John 51 shows his penitent heart. And so I think we need to have a heart like David um, instead of being like Adam and Eve, who are just always pointing the finger at other people. Yeah. Yeah, and, and going back to what you said, Caleb, I think even coming from, you know, my time at the school of preaching and, and being a, um, a minister here now is one thing I've learned is I have to be 
uh, I guess like David was, you know, you have to be man enough to say I was wrong. And, you know, I think that's, especially for, for us, for guys in leadership, it's so hard for us to go back. It's so hard to, for us to go to someone or someone to come to us. Look, I was wrong. I was wrong. You know, I should have done this, this way and this way and this way. And I did not do things this way, this way, and this way. But it's so easy to say, well, I did this and this and this because Ty made me do it. I did this and this because we can't, David didn't blame anybody. What did David say? what you say, Caleb? He said, I, I did it. It was me. And then he faced those consequences. I think it's, that's the humility I think that we're missing. And I think that's what you're saying, Ty, is we always blame, well, it's, it's their fault. It's always this group's fault. Well, I understand somebody might be doing something, but what about me though? What am I doing? Instead of blaming somebody it? else. Yeah. yeah. What can I do? And I think as ministers and even as, as Christians, we all need to get to that point where we humble ourselves and say, look, I was wrong. Whether they say they're wrong or not, look, I was wrong. So I'll do better. Right. Cantro, you have anything before we go on? You know, one of the strongest verses in the Bible is Second Corinthians thirteen five, where Paul says, "Examine yourself." Mm. You know, I think you know every you know you know every time I preach, I'm sure all of us we do the same thing. You you know you're studying, you know you preach to yourself, um, you convict yourself, you try to be better, and then you preach to other people. And you know, one of the things I find amazing, you know, just like you have a preacher, say he takes you know, a wrong position on a particular verse, you know, instead of him saying, Hey, I took a wrong position. Y'all pray for me. I messed up, you know, pride sets in the way he doesn't do that. But yet, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes he gets up and, you know, he says, well, you need to repent, you know, but, you know, examining yourself puts you in a position to look, you know, to look yourself in the mirror, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you're white, whether you're black, you know, whatever the color is going back to what Caleb said, I actually wrote that down. You know, when David's saying, of course, he's saying again, you ride the Hittite and Bathsheba, but ultimately, you know, his problem was with someone bigger. You know, he had an issue mm-hmm. with God, which which led to you know to Psalm fifty one and his repentance. So, so good stuff. Oh, that's good. And so, moving moving on here again. Remember, we're t- we're talking about learning the differences of our brethren. And so, remember, we laid the foundation of it, how we're all are one in Christ. Now we're talking about how even though we are one in Christ, there are differences. Then we talked about how. Now, all of us, since we understand that, but don't blame other sides. Look at yourself. Examine yourself. What can you do? What can I do uh, to get better? How can I be the one to start the conversation to fix whatever's happening, right? Then the third thing here is I think we all need to understand as brethren, uh, we all need to be, I think this, this goes along to what we're talking about. Uh, we all need to be cognizant of the things that all of us are going through. Be cognizant, understand, or at least like Ty said, at least try at least try to understand. So understand that your brothers and sisters in Christ, they face obstacles that are hard to bear at times. And so don't dismiss your brother because you never went through it or you never see it from your point of view. Well, you shouldn't feel that way. How can I tell Ty what to feel? Well, you shouldn't feel that way. Well, what are you, what are you talking about? You can't tell your brother. See, look at this quickly. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. If you're following along, again, go to Hebrews chapter 10, and I want to notice this, and then I'll pass it to you guys here. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse number 24. Again, notice what the the Hebrews writer uh, talks about. Now, again, the popular verse is verse number 25, when it talks about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. But we also forget, he says this in verse 24 before that, 
let us, brethren, let us consider one another for love or to provoke one another unto love and to good works. I saw, I think it was Brother, uh, Brother Woods, uh, he mentioned this in his commentary about it. He says that word consider there means to let us all diligently and attentively look at each other's trials, look at each other's difficulties and weaknesses. And then notice he says, let us have the ability to feel for one another. I may not understand exactly what Ty is going through, but I can feel for him. You guys remember when Brother Mosier, when he was in, a, in class and he talked about funerals? And he talked about so many times you feel like I got to do something. I, I, I got I to gotta say something. I got to. All he said was, I'm there for you. I feel for I, I might have had a grandmother die. And then you might have had a grandmother die. But it's two totally different feelings. And so I can't say, well, I understand because my grandmother died too. That dismisses what they feel right now. And so he's saying here, let us consider one another. Let us feel for one another to try to understand what your brothers are going. Why are you afraid? Why are you concerned about this? Why are you doing this? And then after we feel for them, notice what the end of the verse says. You do this so that you can provoke one another to do what? Love and good works. So therefore, how can I do that if I'm not in the assembly? You see what I'm saying? You guys have anything? You know, I've um, I've had the I'm sure all you guys have had, had it as well. You know, I've had the the, the privilege of going to uh, white and black churches. You know, it's probably fifty fifty for me. And let me tell you something; they are completely different. I yeah. mean, as far as everything, you know. But I worship God. The white church, the black church. Yeah, we have different traditions. We may sing differently. Uh, you guys may sing two songs. We may sing one. You know, it just depends on where you go. You know, yeah. but, you know, I think, you know, sometimes e even in the church, you know, we're so quick to see the bad in people. Mm. You know, what I mean by that is, you know, I've, I've had some bad experiences with going to white church. I've, I had some really bad ones, but I've also yeah. had one going to black churches too, mm. you know, so to sit there and say, well, oh, you know, the white brethren treat me different because I'm black. No, that's that's not the case at all. I, again, I've, I've, I've been to black churches and it's been, and it, and it's, and it's been the same way. And so... Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, in, instead of considering one another, you know, we're so, it, you, you know, to see the bad mm -hmm. so much easier than to actually sit down, examine myself and to think, well, let me see it from this person's point of view because I've never been there. You know, I've yeah. never had to, like, I was, I've never had to, 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 to go through the same struggles and to, and, and to do the same things. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when I'm having trouble, I call Ty and or or you know another preacher friend and i mean it's just like hey i'm here for you you know i don't I, mm -hmm. I don't know what you're going through but hey i'm here and i'm and i'm listening to you but i just think you know sometimes we just it's, it's so much easier to see the bad than to try to find some strength mm -hmm. to move to the good you know? and i love what you said when you look when people look for the bad and then it goes to exactly what ty said well i look for the bad in this congregation so they can fit my scapegoat so they can fit the, oh, you, you're involved with the them, right? So I'm going to find a reason to put you in the same category as them rather than to consider you, right? I, that's so good. You guys have anything, Ty and Caleb? 
I just think part of uh, understanding problems, you know, you were talking about understanding people and Josh mentioned that, you know, seeing the bad. I think that sometimes what we're guilty of doing is thinking that someone's problem is not as big as it a deal as, as ours. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe what they're facing is really not a big deal for me. You know, right. maybe, maybe I do have uh, enough money or enough food or whatever. So what they're dealing with is not as big of a problem to me as it is to them. And I think part of the, you know, part of the, the being a Christian being one in Christ is uh, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep means if it makes you weep, it ought to make me weep. If, yeah. even if it's not a big issue in my eyes, yeah. It is big because it's big to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge. I don't, we don't have that problem in this group here. You know, you guys, I know that at the drop of a hat, if I'm hurting, you're hurting. I get that. And I hope you know that with me. But I think the thing is, sometimes we're really easy to dismiss someone else's, especially racial mm-hmm. issues, yeah. because it's not a big deal to me. What does it matter to me? But if it hurts you, it ought to hurt me. Yeah. Caleb, you got anything? It takes effort um, to Ooh, do that. That's good. It takes work. It takes, you know, uh, something on my part that I've got to do to see, um, you know, to, to, to see these problems and to see how, how big they truly are. Um, but like, and like Cantrell and Ty have said, you know, it's easy to just to pick apart people and to see the bad things and to, and to focus on the bad things. I've noticed that even, you know, in just any situation, even in ministry, you know, as ministers, we see a lot more that goes on within a congregation that, you know, other people don't. And so it's, and it's easy to see and think on and to keep thinking on the bad things that happen within ministry. Um, but you, it takes effort. It takes hard work. And we've got to be willing to put that in. And when mm-hmm. you do, you're going to get the right kind of result. I, I love what you said that Kevin kind of in ministry, we see things that other people don't necessarily see or know. Uh, I'm reminded of a time where we were at a congregation and uh, like dad just got there. And we got, when we moved to this congregation and dad gets hired, and then he gets called into an elders meeting, like right when he gets hired. And he said, um, uh, the elder said, well, this brother uh, has a problem with us hiring you because you're black. Now, it was kind of a, a mixed-ish congregation. But the elders told dad in a meeting that, that this brother has a problem with us hiring you because of the color of your skin. And the elders brought dad, brought uh, that man and the elders in the room. And the elders said, this is not going to happen here at this congregation. And they kept that. And so notice, and then I've grown up knowing this guy, but now I was just, I just heard this story just now. And so now uh, when I graduated from the school of preaching, I went back and I saw that guy now seeing him in a different light. And so he came up to me and he asked me when I got back from school, he said, Jordan, can you help me study the Bible? What if I would have said to him, well, you didn't want my dad here. You didn't want us here when I was a kid. You didn't do this. But what's more important, that man wants to know what? He wants to know the Bible. And so I have to take my personal feelings, and that takes what Caleb says. It takes effort to do that. You take that effort out or, you know, you, you push so much to be what God wants you to be. And I'm reminded of Romans chapter 12, uh, verse number 10. And this goes into what Ty and uh, Cantrell talked about. The verse says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor. But notice the next verse. What does it say? But prefer one another. And so that's exactly what you talked about, Kentra. So many times we look for the evil in people and then we get, we, we find like, uh, or we sound like we hit the jackpot when we find evil. I knew this dude. I knew he was evil, right? 
then we get happy because then that fits the mold. Oh, I knew they were evil. But instead, we need to prefer and be kindly affectionate to one another. Like you said, when we're in Christ, it's not about me anymore. It's not about my skin color anymore. I have to bear and carry that cross because I'm a Christian first. Right? So being kindly affectionate, being cognizant. You guys have anything else uh, before we move on? Verse 20 comes to mind. You know, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. I'm not living anymore. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Christ. Christ. Everything that we do is for his glory. Um, and if we keep that in mind, I think that, that it should influence and change the way that we live and how we make decisions. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, you know, but, you know, but I'm going to go ahead and throw myself out there. You know, one of the things I find with, you know, with racism, with black and white, and, I, and I'm sure, you know, Jordan, you could, you could attest to this as well, but it's not always the white brother. It's not. Sometimes it's not. It's the black brother. It is. It is. You know, I remember one time they, I was preaching on a gospel meeting and they gave me a topic, the church is not divided. So I said, okay, I'm going to preach about racism. And afterwards, you know, member was like, he was like, you know, that's a good sermon, but how about you go preach that to the white brother? You know, how about you go preach that to them? I'm like, it's that thinking right there. Right there. That won't allow us to go forward because you're mad about something that happened 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I get it. You know, feelings are hard, emotions are high, but in order for us to come together and to be together, you know, like in Columbus, we have, man, like eight churches. And truth be told, we should probably only have three. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are we not together more? Well, somebody got mad about mm-hmm. a racial issue and somebody went somewhere else. And I'm just like, I, I mean, you know, and, and, and we and we see it on Facebook all the time. You know, a lot of black brethren say, you know, with the police brutality, white police. And, and, and I get all that stuff. Sometimes, most of the time, we do it to ourselves. You yep. know, it's not, it's, it's not always the white brethren. Sometimes it's us. We got to look at us, too. You know, and, and, and when we look in the mirror and see that, that is not a truth I don't think many are ready to hear. Mm-hmm. That's right. Caleb or Ty, you guys have anything? And so if we keep going here, here's, here's one thing that um, I think it's, it's necessary for us as brethren. Let's use common sense. You know, uh, you know, we all played sports. You know, we all balled together. We were at the school. You know, we all played somewhat competitive, competitively in our fields. But here's the thing, guys. I may not be an athlete anymore, but, you know, I'm first team all common sense, bro. <laughs> mm. First team all common sense. It's not that hard to get on this squad, right? And so let's use common sense. Well, it is hard. It is nowadays. <laughs> it is I'll now. tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard. But, you know, I think, you know, guys, in order – remember, we're talking about understanding our brethren, understanding uh, those that we're in Christ with. And so in order – and this goes with what you said, Cantrell. In order to understand our brothers, we have to learn to respect them first. If I don't respect Caleb and Ty as men and Cantrell, I will not try to understand them because I don't respect you. And that's why he said you need to learn to understand your brother. You have to respect your brother first. And that's where it comes with, uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 and other verses. We need to learn to respect uh, one another as men. And then if we respect one another, then we'll treat each other the way that we need to treat each other. You know, I think about, um, you guys remember, uh, you know, when Jesus talked about the Good Samaritan and, you know, obviously we have, you know, we've all seen the news of, of the things that have happened uh, recently. 
Um, but I remember Brother Liddell. I don't know if you remember. I forgot what class it was. Um, but he said, it's always wrong to do wrong. There's never a right reason to do something wrong. And so when something wrong happens, then some people say, well, we need to see if what happened. And then maybe we can justify why that wrong was made. It's always wrong to do wrong. So let's think of this example. You got the Good Samaritan, right? And let's say the guy that's coming down the road, the, the, the account goes that the thieves beat him half to death and left, right? And so let's say someone was there with an iPhone and saw that, right? That's obviously wrong. But then let's say we knew why the thief was on the road. So let's say the, the, the guy that was coming down the road stole from the thieves that were going to hurt him and they still beat him up. Is that still wrong? It's still wrong because remember in the old Testament, look at Leviticus chapter six quickly, Leviticus uh, chapter six and look at verse number one through five here. Now let's say that that guy that was on the road, he stole from those guys and then those thieves come and beat him up. Well, that's a reason. So I guess it was right to beat him up. Look at this. It's always wrong to do wrong. Look at Leviticus chapter six, uh, verses one through five here. Notice what the Lord says here. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, if a soul sin, commit a trespass against the Lord and lie to his neighbor and that which delivered him to keep or in that fellowship or in a thing given away or a thing taken away by violence or hath deceived his neighbor or hath found that which was lost and lies concerning it or he swears falsely in any of these things that a man doeth sitting therein, what's the consequence? Then shall it be, verse 4, because he hath sinned and is guilty, what is that thief supposed to do? He will restore that which he took violently away or the thing which he has deceitfully gotten, which was delivered him to keep or the lost thing which he has found. And so some people will say, well, he was justified for getting beat up if he stole something. It's always wrong to do wrong. Think about, think about Uzzah. Remember with the Ark of the Covenant? And remember the Ark of the Good Covenant? Intentions, boy. A boy? On the, the Ark <laughs> of the Covenant, right? And so remember, there's never a right reason to do. Now, was Uzzah's heart probably in the right place? It probably was because as a human being, you probably want to save something from falling, especially if it's that important. But what did God say? Don't, Don't touch it. it. Well, well, God, I was just trying to protect it from the rain. Don't touch it. Well, God, it, it, the gold on it was getting dusty. Don't touch it. I said, there's never a reason for you to touch this thing. And so they put it on a, David put it on a new cart, the Bible says in Samuel, and the oxen shifted and it fell or was falling over and Uzzah touched it. What was the, what did God say? Don't touch it. Struck dead. Then notice it said David. David nerve to get upset with God. And David got mad at God. You know, the thing about that was the ark wasn't even supposed to be on a cart. What was the law? Who was supposed to carry that thing? On the poles, yeah. So if David would have did things the right way, guess who wouldn't have died? How did they get it on the cart in the first place? Exactly. We had no record of anybody else dying. And if Uzzah was recorded being killed, I feel like it would have been recorded if anybody else had touched it. Mm -hmm. On on the ark in the first place. Well, they had to have used the staves to pick it up rightly, put it on the cart to to use it wrongly, you know? Yeah. It's always I, giving I, me my June sermons, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I will never forget that, man. Sometimes 
brother, brother Dell said it's always wrong to do wrong. We try to justify the reasons, you know, just like you said, Ty, well, I got to find a reason to blame them. I got to find a reason. It's always wrong with your brethren. It's always wrong to do wrong. And we have example after example, after example in the scripture. And so let's all be first team, all common sense. I think we could do it. I think we could all be first team, right? You guys have anything else before we, before we go to the next one here before we end? I know we're giving Cantrell sermons here. We might have to keep going. <laughs> all right, so remember, we're talking about learning to understand our brethren. I think here's – now, we, need to, we understand the foundation, and we've kind of understood and talked through the problem here. But I want to notice we always have to know where we want to go. There's always got to be a goal. So what's the goal, even though we're all different? Look at uh, John chapter 17, and then I'll let you guys have it here, and we'll, we'll get ready to close here. John chapter 17 – um, and I want you to notice verses uh, 20 and 21 here. Notice what Jesus said in his prayer. John chapter 17, starting at verse 20. Jesus said, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which believe on me through their word, that they all might be one. But what's the next little word after that one? As. And so if I said, if I said, uh, you know, I remember going to, to Ching's Wings with Ty, and he had some hot wings, and his face was as red as a dodgeball. I'm trying to get you, I'm trying to get you to see the picture of how red his face was. And so I use an example to say his face was as red as a dodgeball. So what does Jesus qualify this? He says, I want them to be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they may be one in us. So when has the Father, the Son, and the Spirit as different but same entities, when have they ever been divided? They all had different roles. They all did things in different time periods, but they all were still what? I'm black. Cantrell's black. Ty's white. Caleb's Korean. But guess what we all can still be? As the Father, the Son, and the spirit were one. Jesus is praying here. He knows that this is coming. And so what is he saying? I pray that they look at us first so that when they see their differences, they can still be one because you are one in me. I'm one in you. And the spirit is one in us. And so notice what he says at the end of the verse, that the world may see that thou hast sent me. You know, I think this is kind of legendary for us to be here doing this, especially in the church as well, to see that this is not supposed to happen. We're not supposed to be friends like this. We're not supposed to be this close. But why are we doing this? Jesus said, when you guys really get together for the right reasons, guess who sees that? The world. We're, you know, I think what Cantrell said, when we don't do this the right way, we are closing the biggest evangelistic door we ever have. And the church will never be anything close to what the first century church was if we always separate. Well, we'll get together at lectureships. We'll get together at PTP. But 365 days out of the year, I'll go to my white church or I'll go to my black church or we'll separate. But we'll get together really big once a year that they all might truly be one. And some people don't want to hear that. Like Cantrell said, people don't, they're not ready for that. But the Lord prayed this. And so I don't want to be the guy, 
even as a black as a black man, I don't want to be the guy to disappoint Jesus. I want to be the guy that fulfills that prayer. And people might hate me for that. My own people might hate me for that. But I want to do what he said here because Jesus said it's possible there in John chapter 17. You guys have anything? You know, it's hard to let your light shine if you're stuck in the house. Mm. You know, and I guess what I mean by that is, you know, it's hard to be the example Jesus wants you to be if you're not willing to get out your comfort zone. Um, you know, it's hard to be, it's hard to be different, you know, when you're so okay with being regular, you know, yeah. and Christians, no way are we regular, you know, we're, we're like our Lord in every way he was exemplary and everything he did, you know, whether it was, um, you know, one of my favorite sermons is Luke chapter seven, you know, he's talking to the woman of the city, which was a sinner. He's in the house of Simon, the Pharisee, and Simon is questioning Jesus, you know, why are you talking with her? Um, you know, you shouldn't be talking to her. But sometimes, you know, we put ourselves in the text. Sometimes we're, we're Simon. Mm-hmm. You know, we're saying, well, you know, why is Jesus? You know, why is that preacher at that church? Why is that preacher at that church? And that's not our business. You know, right. our business is to be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if we focus more on being like Jesus. We won't have time for other things, right. you know, we won't have time to be divided and fight if we're trying to be like Jesus, we'll be too busy trying to get people in, you know, versus, you know, telling people where they should be. That's all right. Tyler, can you guys have anything? I was going to, but I, I didn't, I didn't know if you were going to do like a little application thing at the no, end. No, no, no. Yeah, no, this is good. Idea. No, this is good. If you right. want to start us off. All right. Well, there's two things I think that I've been thinking about this whole time and really that have been on my mind ever since. And I'm, again, not an expert, but these are two things I think are key. I I was always taught when I was growing up, live with eternity in mind. Mm. And so I think one of the, the key things about this situation is to start with the end in mind. Now, I want to read a passage and I want you to think about this. This is Revelation 7 and beginning in verse 9. It says, after this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, all tribes, all people, all languages, standing before the throne and before the lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to the Lord, our God, who sits on the throne and to the lamb. If that's how the church is going to look then, why can't the church look like that today? Mm. The second thing is is we have got to be gospel-centered and not media and politics-centered. Amen, yeah. If we're going to even remotely move forward with trying to overcome these things, and everything we've talked about could be summed up into that one point, because when I try to look at people like Jesus sees people, then I don't see color. I don't see social differences. I don't see cultural differences. I just see people who are yes, going to be faced with unique difficulties. You don't, you don't, I'm white. And my brother that's here with me in this room right now is white, but he's going to face things that I won't face. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a different color to go through different things. But what I'm saying is if we're going to do our best to repair the differences between ethnical groups, cultural groups, we've got to be gospel centered. Yeah. And not media and politics. Oh, that's good. Perfect word. Man, don't give me sermons, bro. <laughs> Caleb, you have anything? 
you know, one of the one of the verses that came to mind while we're doing this is Luke um, chapter eleven and verse seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus said, "Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against uh, against a house will fall." You know, division always brings destruction, mm-hmm. and nations and kingdoms and countries and families, um, and you and you see it within the church as well. Not in the sense that the church will be completely destroyed, because we know the church will always be here, but it weakens the church and it tears mm-hmm. down walls and it tears down um, relationships and it tears down weapons that we can use for good um, and for the furthering of the gospel. Um, mm-hmm. And when we are not unified, you, really, you're either one or two things. You're either unifying yourself or you're being destructive. And so if you're not unified with one another, then what are you? Then you're tearing right. apart. And so we have to be very conscious of that, that if we're not doing anything to help, bring the church together and, and make it unified and we're on the other side and we're destroying it and tearing it down. That's right. You know, guys, I'm reminded of uh, just for application as well. You know, sometimes Ty, you know, we, we preach this and, and, and we try to teach people to really be gospel centered, but some people still will not, you know, some people just will not listen to the gospel and some people still walked away from Jesus Christ. Right. Right. But I'm reminded of uh, Luke chapter 16 and you remember with the rich man and Lazarus, right? With the rich man, he was sitting at that table, and all Lazarus wanted. What did he want? He just wanted a morsel, just wanted a crumb. But then on the other side of things, what did the rich man ask for Lazarus? Just a crumb. And so think about this. And I thought about this yesterday. It was crazy. Did you know, if, if we really think about it, we could miss heaven over crumbs? I didn't like Ty because he was white. That's a crumb. And so we could have done everything else the right way, written all these books, speaking on all these lectureships, doing all this stuff, but I miss heaven over crumbs. And think about this. The rich man was in hell's fire, weeping of national, weeping of national teeth because he didn't give someone crumbs. He wasn't the right type of man. Did you know a Christian could be the same way? I could be sitting there weeping and gnashing of teeth, and I said, I miss heaven because I didn't like the way God made him. I missed heaven because I didn't respect him. I missed heaven because I didn't treat him like a real brother in Christ. My employer, my application, please, let's not miss heaven over crumbs. Color is crumb. The color of the carpet in the church building, crumbs. The things that we complain about, crumbs. Let's, let's always focus on the real thing, which is saving souls, right? And so we think about learning to um, respect the differences of our brethren. Uh, you know, to close, I'm so thankful for you guys. You know, I've met, I've known Caleb forever. Um, but for Cantrell, you know, started playing basketball at Foundations, right? That's where we met. And Ty, we met at the school. You know, you guys uh, exemplify what we're talking about. And I appreciate you guys. And I hope that you guys continue to preach the gospel, continue to, uh, do what you guys are doing. Anytime you need help, you know, I'll do uh, whatever I can for you guys so that we can be the examples to start change, changing this thing around. Um, so you guys have anything else before um, we get ready to get out of here? Thanks for you guys. You're right. You know, it, 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 it starts with us. You know, I think it starts with um, a conversation, um, mm-hmm. at least. You know, I think sometimes a lot of, you know, the lectureships we go to, you know, they're all geared around different topics. And those are good. I mean, they're always encouraging. But, and I think, 
me. I think the more we talk about it, the more it gets people at least thinking about at it. At least, right. You know, because, um, you know, because again, we, two different sides. Um, unfortunately, that's that's the way people view it. You know, it's almost like it's three different sides of the brotherhood. Uh, mm, yeah. uh, and it shouldn't be that way. It, it, it should just be one. And it is one. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, again, before we get out of here, um, Ty, do you have any anything you want to plug your your Facebook or or um, or anything that the church is doing there? Yeah, man, we uh, we have our, our Facebook. We stream our services to our Facebook, uh, Chisholm Hills Church of Christ. You can check us out there. Uh, and those are archived on our website, too. That's uh, ChisholmHillsChurch.org. Um, we don't have any cool podcasts like you guys. But um, anyway, that's good stuff, I, I think, at least. Oh, and also for you listeners, if you want to, again, because, guys, I've seen this before when I have guests on sometimes, uh, listeners will go to their Facebook pages or your Facebook pages and they may ask you questions or they may ask, well, what did you mean by this? So Ty, can you tell them where they can find you on social media just in case they have those questions? Yeah. Let me uh, look up my Instagram name. Cause I'm not even sure what it is. Uh, but my, I'm on Facebook, Ty rhymes and my Instagram is Ty T Y underscore rhymes. And so uh, you can find me on either one of those platforms. I, I did Twitter back in like seventh grade. So don't hold me accountable for what you find on my Twitter. Uh, but, uh, and I, I won't respond to that. So Facebook or Instagram is the way to go. But. And then Caleb and uh, Cantrell, if you guys have those, can you name those off too? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Um, you can find me on my name, Caleb Rutherford. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram, caleb.j.rutherford. Um, yeah, you're welcome to reach out. Love to talk to you about anything you guys want to talk about. Uh, me, just, just Facebook, um, Joshua Cantrell. And like Ty said, we also stream our services from, uh, the Cathedral Church of Christ Facebook page. So uh, I'm there. We also have a YouTube page. So any any one of those would probably be the best way to get in contact with me. Perfect. All right. And then I'll, I'll have this posted everywhere on Facebook, and then I'll, I'll link to their pages so uh, you guys can go check their, their pages out as well. Again, guys, we appreciate you so much. Let's continue to learn and grow together. Study the scriptures for yourself. Go back and look at these verses for yourself. Go back and, and read them for yourself. Go back and examine uh, the scriptures for yourself. Uh, we always try to do what the Lord wants us to do, and we, we try to do the best that we can. So we ask that we'll continue to grow and that you'll continue to grow with us. Thanks, guys.